Today, I'm talking to Jimmy Moore, best-selling author who recently published The Complete Guide to Fasting. We hear about Jimmy's health journey, some myths about intermittent alternate day and extended fasting, who fasting is for and who it is not for, and the potential long-term health benefits to the metabolically broken. Welcome back to the Fed and Fit Podcast. Today I'm joined by a friend, and I don't know if he knows this, but I really do consider him a mentor and an example in this industry of just working with integrity, staying true to your passions. Um, his name is Jimmy Morin. If you haven't heard of him before, he catapulted onto the health scene in 2004 after a phenomenal 180-pound weight loss, which enabled him to come off prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and respiratory problems. He is the energetic personality, that's not an exaggeration, behind the very uber-popular blog Live in La Vida Low Carb, and is the host of the longest-running and one of the top-ranked iTunes health podcasts, The Living La Vida Low Carb. Show. Jimmy also hosts two other active podcasts, Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc and Low Carb Conversations, along with the retired podcast Ask the Low Carb Experts. He has interviewed over 1,100 of the world's top health experts and has dedicated his life to helping people get the best information possible about living healthy so they can make the right decisions for their health. Jimmy is the international best-selling author of the Ketogenic Cookbook, Keto Clarity, and Cholesterol Clarity, along with the October 2016 release, The Complete Guide to Fasting, which is what we are going to talk about today. Learn more about Jimmy and his work at www.liveandlevitalowcarb.com. I am so excited to welcome you onto the show today, Jimmy. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Cassie, and it's uh, fun to be on your podcast. I've uh, <laughs> admired your work from afar as well, so we're, we're definitely the mutual respect club here today. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to have you. I have, um, I've been a, uh, a humble guest on a couple of Jimmy's shows before, and if you can't tell already from his amazing voice, he's very talented as a podcaster, <laughs> so y'all are going to enjoy today's show, I'm sure. He's got a wealth of information. Um, um, and it's just nice to listen to. <laughs> you are very kind. I, I've done this a little while, and I've got a nice microphone, so those two things help. <laughs> they do. They do help. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am holding my uh, my little iTunes headphones out in front of my voice because I didn't get my mic charged. <laughs> you know, Oops. We, I just like to be as honest as possible. Behind the scenes of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, which is really what Snapchat's all about. Are you on Snapchat you yet? I, I I do have Snapchat. I'm not very good. I do like Periscope and literally everything else but Snapchat. You're you're the millennial generation. I'm Gen X, so we're a little bit harder to get to that uh, Snapchat thing. <laughs> I totally understand. I definitely understand. And if you guys are on Periscope and you don't already follow Jimmy, you should definitely look him up. He is he is the Periscoper in my mind. So that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on today. I have, gosh, this is, I'm in the 80s now on this episode. We've been doing it a little over, going on two years. And I have never had a guest on that could speak so well to this topic. And people are just starved 
for this information. Literally. <laughs> Literal <laughs> <ba-dum-psh>. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd love to talk about um, The Complete Guide to Fasting, your most recent book, which is hitting shelves. And the it's Heal Your Body Through Intermittent, Alternate, alternate Day, and Extended Fasting. It's a, you co-authored with Dr. Jason Fung. And yep. I would love if you could just give folks a little bit about what the book is in a nutshell um, and really what you were aiming to solve uh, by getting this out into the world. The main thing we were trying to solve, Cassie, was there was no resource out there for people that were interested in doing any kind of fasting. I mean, you you brought up fasting and people said, just don't eat. (laughs) There's fasting. No, it's a little more than that. That's definitely the starting point. But there's more to it than that. And up to this point, the only people that had written books about it were uh, basically bodybuilders who used intermittent fasting uh, within their routine. So there there was no good resources. Dr. Fung, as you mentioned, my co-author, uh, he actually runs a, an intensive dietary management program in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and has put well over 1,000 patients on some form of a fast, be it uh, intermittent to very long fast, which we'll talk about. And so the resource wasn't out there. And I actually met Jason in South Africa, of all places. I had to go halfway around the world to meet this guy, and he's just up the road from me in in, uh, Canada. So, um, And so I said, dude, uh, you know, I want to do more of these kind of fasting type of things. Is there a resource that you could recommend to me? And he said, yeah, there's really nothing. And so I said, well, I've got a good publisher. I'm very (laughs) interested in this subject. You want to collaborate on a book? And he's like, "Uh, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I cajoled him in. So uh, so we wanted to make this not just a uh, how-to, which the how-to is important. Just don't eat is definitely the first uh, point. But mm-hmm. but we also wanted to give the, the background. We wanted to give kind of the metabolic um, things that are going on as to why you need to fast and who needs to fast, who doesn't need to fast, and all those myths that are out there about fasting. We wanted to bust all of those things. We wanted to provide basically a lot of hand-holding, and then back it up with science. At the end of each chapter, we actually have a long list of scientific references for those of you who geek out on that kind of thing. But if you just want to learn, here's how you do it. We definitely give a a lot of that as well. And people that are familiar with my Clarity series, Keto Clarity and Cholesterol Clarity, um, and how user-friendly, how consumer-friendly the language is, we definitely tried to keep it in that same vein with this book. And we we literally wanted it to be the go-to resource if you wanted to learn about fasting. That's fabulous. And I've and I have flipped through the book and it just to your point, it is very conversational, very informative. And honestly, it's answered almost every question I could think of about fasting. So you really nailed it. It really is a concise, handy resource. And it's a question I get a lot is, well, what do you think about intermittent fasting? It's something I've heard about. And this this tells you like like you said, the beginning, the middle, and the end, all of the research, the things you want to know who it is for, who it isn't for, and the differences between inter- intermittent and other versions of fasting. So that's fabulous. Um, what do you think are some of the biggest mis- misconceptions about fasting, especially in this, uh, this paleo world? Because it kind of seems to be, you know, folks tend to, when they, when they, when they think about paleo or they jump into paleo, they're trying to break out of that diet cycle. And mm-hmm. um, it seems once they've broken out of that and they've healed their bodies, it's hard to break out of the need to want to jump into another diet and another program. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it often seems, and fasting I think is a really powerful, incredibly 
positive tool for some folks, um, but there's some misconceptions about who it is, or what it does, and was it what it doesn't do. So can you kind of maybe daylight a couple of those misconceptions? Of course, you can look into the book for the full list. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll give credit to the paleo community because I kind of joined in uh, around 2011 when the first Ancestral Health Symposium came around and I had already interviewed Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson and different ones in the community. Um, I, I give them credit because but for that nudging from the paleo community to take a closer look at fasting, I might not even even be talking about it here today in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, so kudos to to paleo and, and the leaders therein kind of putting this on my radar screen. And, and the biggest fears I think that people have, Cassie, it, it boils down to two main ones. Uh, number one, people think that you'll go into some sort of starvation mode if you start uh, fasting. And then the second one's you're going to lose muscle when you fast. So those are probably the top two kind of fears that people have about fasting as to why they don't want to do it. So the starvation mode one is an issue interesting one. And we go very deep in the book on this particular topic because it's interesting and counterintuitive that when you totally, totally fast and don't eat any food at all, your metabolism does not slow down. So you get lethargic. Oh, by the way, full disclosure, I'm in day 11 of no food. I have not eaten in 11 days doing oh this goodness. interview right now. So I, I'm living what I'm saying here. So when when uh, when you don't eat any food at all, you actually see your metabolism rev up by at least 12%. Now, that goes against everything everybody has ever told you about fasting. And a lot of the, the negativity that's out there about fasting, and for, even from the so-called people you know touting science, is they're looking at starvation studies. Mm -hmm. Starvation and fasting are not the same. Starvation is where you're forced to not eat. You're not able to be in control. You just aren't allowed to eat at all. Fasting, on the other hand, puts control. That's the word I want you to remember. You have full control when you are fasting. If you're in the midst of a fast and if at any point you start to feel ill, guess what? You can end that fast within three seconds by going to your refrigerator. Uh -huh. And that's the big key here. So you're not in any starvation mode. You're in a purposeful state to not eat for a period of time. And, and the reason that I'm doing it, and you know me well, I have pretty bad insulin resistance from poor nutritional choices of the past that make me struggle. Um, and so quite frankly, it's a lifesaver to be able to add fasting into that uh, kind of therapeutic protocol for Jimmy Moore. Mm -hmm. and, and it's helping. It's helping little by little. So that's the first one people have, starvation mode. You're not starving. What's happening is your body ends up using uh, and, and tapping into that source of energy that's on your body, especially if you have extra uh, you know, belly fat. You're going to have plenty of energy on your body, which is why when you start fasting, you see blood ketone levels, for example, go way up. This morning in day 11 of this fast that I'm on, I was at 5.4, which indicates that there's quite a bit of fat burning going on within a fast. Mm -hmm. And you would expect that. I mean, you don't eat, Cassie, you're, <laughs> you're going to lose weight, right? So mm -hmm. that's a well duh. And a lot of people say, well, you'll just gain all of it back when you start eating. Yes, you gain some back, 
But what we say in the book is you should plan on for every day that you fast, you're going to lose about a half a pound of body fat. So anything above and beyond that means that you have some extra water. You actually are very insulin resistant. And by the way, uh, what did I say? Day 11 I'm on now, I've lost 23 pounds in 11 days. So that tells you just how bad the oh, insulin resistance is in me. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's the first one. And then the other one is muscle. And actually just the opposite, once again, is true. What we see is the, the production of the ketones actually help to preserve muscle uh, mass. And so you're not losing gobs and gobs and gobs of muscle, especially when you have plenty of fat on your body. All those starvation studies that are noted, those guys, they basically starved them down so that they had no more body fat to really tap into. So their bodies had to tap into protein as an energy source. But the body doesn't just automatically store all that body fat on your body. And then when it comes time to be used, tap into the muscle. That doesn't make sense. It's going to prefer the fat first. And if you've got obesity, you definitely have fat to, to burn. Interesting. So metabolically, the body will prefer fat. Muscle will be one of the last. All day, every day. Love it. Awesome information. So you're working through an extended fast right now. Yes, I am right? pursuing 21 days. Yes. Wow, that's so cool. That's so fascinating. So um, I'm curious now, in an extended fast, um, are there any precautionary measures you need to take in terms of uh, exerting yourself? Do you live your normal life? Do you then go and work out, for example, on a regular, on your normal schedule? Or do you dial some activities back? Do you sleep more or less? Do you, what are those kinds of considerations? What great question. So one of the things that we say very clearly in the Complete Guide to Fasting is just live your life. Now, obviously, if you're uh, a hardcore CrossFitter, mm -hmm. and I know probably a lot of your listeners uh, do like CrossFit, eh, you might want to back off on glycolytically demanding type of exercise if you're doing this long of a fast. But keep in mind, most of these fasts are for people that are severely metabolically broken. So mm -hmm. doing this long of a fast probably isn't a good idea. For a CrossFitter, Maybe you intermittent fast, and a lot of them do. Mm -hmm. Maybe you even push it to 48 to 72 hours, and you do your CrossFit in that fasted state. You actually can uh, improve your metabolism even more uh, when you do that. And this is kind of a secret with a lot of bodybuilders. They use this strategy of, of uh, basically working out in a fasted state. Shh, you're not supposed to let anybody know that, but that's <laughs> what they do. Uh, and it just has so many great downline metabolic effects. Now, for the average Joe like myself, doing these longer fasts, obviously you don't want to do anything really glycolytically demanding. I've actually tried that in the midst of a fast, and you might pass out. So be oh careful. Mm -hmm. But I think you can do your day-to-day -day stuff. You can do some pretty good cardio when you're this deep into a fast. Um, and, I, and I do fine. And, and as you can tell from my energy right now, I am not at all tired. I'm not at all lethargic. Um, you will be full of energy. Um, you'll have moments, and, and I won't lie, you will have moments here and there. And we talk about how to deal with those waves of hunger that come and just kind of the feeling like I was at church last night and was singing in the choir. And we stood up for a little while, maybe like an hour, and I started to get a little bit uh, woozy there. But that's not nor I think more of it had to do with the time of night that I use my circadian rhythm is just so spot on that mm. when that sun goes down, I get sleepy. And so <laughs> combine the two. And uh, I was about ready to 
like go to sleep. So <laughs> I got home and I did go to sleep. So, so, um, so th- those are the things that people worry about, but it's not really something to be concerned about. That's fascinating. Okay. So in, again, the context of an extended fast, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not just drinking water all day. You're, you do, and you do consume some things other than water. Is that correct? So we do allow in the book, um, if you want to and need to have something else besides water, uh, we do talk about tea and coffee, uh, green tea, especially Dr. Fung's a big fan of the green tea uh, during a fast. What we're not talking about is bulletproof coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> during a fast. I'm, I mean, unless you absolutely must, must, must have something like that. The problem with bulletproof coffee and, and other types of things like that is it's just very high in calories. And the point is you're trying to keep the calories very low. Now, I know my friend Dave Asprey would say, well, if you just drink a bulletproof coffee in the morning, that 800 calorie cup of coffee will keep you in a fasted state. Well, with all due respect, no, it does not keep you in a fasted state, not in the truest sense. Mm -hmm. Will it keep insulin down? It should. But I think if you want to be true to the fast, then you need to not have uh, too many calories. The, The experiments that I've had, Cassie, have been well under uh, 200 calories. And I would even say most days under 100 calories on my past fast, I've had bone broth with sea salt. For example, some people find that that gives them the effect of having a meal. So it's almost like chicken noodle soup. I -hmm. love chicken bone broth. (laughs) And so, so I'll do that. And then, um, and then I've also had kombucha during a previous fast as well. This current fast, I decided I wanted to try it mostly water. So I'm, I've been doing water, uh, all but one of the days I had bone broth on day five because I started to uh, not feel well. And so I, I had a little bone broth. And within seconds of drinking that bone broth with the sea salt, I felt better instantly. So that's all I've had on this 11 days. And it's and it's the thing that you're going to build up to. And this is one thing I want to make sure we communicate very clearly. Don't hear me say, jump right into a 21-day fast. Mm-hmm. That would be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Start slow. If you've never fasted before, first I would say, you know, you might want to consider maybe upping your fat and lowering your carbohydrate in your diet and try to get into more of a fat burning state. Don't jump from a standard American diet or even a high carb paleo diet Mm -hmm. into fasting and think that you're going to do well. You're going to be miserable probably the first couple of days if you do that. Whereas if you shift to that higher fat and lower carb, Get used to basically burning fat for fuel in a fed state. When you start fasting, you'll find, oh, well, my body knows how to use fat for fuel very well. And it just kicks in a lot faster with less uh, pain, I guess is the word. And so then if you've never like cut out a meal, cut out one meal a day. So maybe cut out your lunch meal and just eat breakfast and dinner. And then from there, maybe try fasting for 24 hours and then build your way up to 36 hours. And if need be, go to 42 hours, 48 hours, and then some of these longer ones. And so you don't just dive right into it. Think of it as learning how to ride a bicycle. You know, you weren't good when you first started, Mm -hmm. but now you you build it up and you get better. And the better you are, uh, the funner it is too. So Yeah, that's great. And I think it's important too. You have given a lot of considerations, you and Dr. Fung in this book. If someone listening is thinking that they do eventually want to work up to a really long extended fast, um, whether it's 21 days or, you know, somewhere around there, read the book, get the book, 
read it, understand the literature, understand the whys, and maybe some things to look for in your own body to know if you're on the right path, and then go for it. So I think that's wonderful. Stay as informed as possible. Oh, yeah, that's my theme song. It's like an educated patient is one that cares about it, their health and and doesn't feel like they have to necessarily go to the doctor for every little thing. Um, and And quite frankly, doctors can learn from you. And mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes we lose that, you know, in the white coat syndrome, we just think they have all the answers, but they're learning just as much as you are. So if you learn something profound and find that fasting is helping you in some way, you're going to, you're going to educate them. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. You know, that's funny. It's turning into kind of a central theme in this podcast. And I tend to believe there's a reason for that. That's there's, there's a group of listeners who need to hear that information because it was mentioned on the last episode as well <laughs> by, cool. by Mickey Trescott. So you definitely remember oh, that. I love Mickey. She's great. She's really great. Um, okay. Another question I have for you. Do you, can you explain to us just briefly the difference between we've, we've talked about extended fasting, um, but intermittent and alternate day, you know, what are some of the major distinctions there? Yeah. So an intermittent fast, think about it this way, you guys, you eat dinner at six o'clock at night, you wake up the next morning, you eat breakfast at eight o'clock in the morning. Guess what? you've intermittent fasted because that's 14 hours where you went without food. Now that seems obvious. You're going to sleep and you're going to have periods of time between eating. And that's why the first meal of the day, they call the break fast. Did you ever stop to think about that's where that came from? It's Mm -hmm. the first meal of the day that would, you know, basically break your overnight fast. So what we're talking about with intermittent fasting is maybe skip that first meal of the day and push your break fast to the middle of the day. So what we generally would call lunch now becomes your breakfast. And so I've said this with Keto Clarity when I was uh, doing interviews for that. You know, I believe breakfast is the most important meal of the day. They keep telling us that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I just don't think it has to be at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Right. You can have it at one o'clock in the afternoon. That's your break fast. And so we got to get out of this cultural uh, mealtime paradigm. I think sometimes we just kind of get caught of, well, it's eight o'clock. I'm supposed to be eating something. Oh, it's noon. I'm on my my lunch break, so I should be eating lunch. No, you really don't have to eat by those patterns of the clock. Eat, you know, basically by, by by the hunger signals. And so if you wake up in the morning and you're not hungry, guess what? Skip that meal and then eat when you do get hungry, which will probably be around the time of your lunchtime. So so that if you push it from six o'clock the night before till about noon the next day, that's a pretty good little intermittent fast. And what you're doing is you're giving your body a chance to have a break. You know, you, you think about the dietitians and what they tell patients to do to manage their blood sugar and keep their metabolism going. They say you got to eat every two to three hours. And so we've heard that again and again. And we think that if we if we ever go periods without eating we're going to go bonkers. And and so and, and what amuses me, Cassie, is when uh, you hear these stories of people that are on airplanes that get stuck on the tarmac and, oh, no, what are we going to do? And it's like <laughs> been two hours since their last eight. And yet they're like freaking out because they can't have any food to eat. So but, you know, all of these kind of images that we have about it, um, we just got to drop that. I, I, I think the mysteriousness of it needs to go away. This is a completely normal. And especially if you're eating a very 
uh, micronutrient dense and appropriate macronutrient type of diet for you, intermittent fasting should come extremely naturally. That's one thing I found when I went ketogenic for me uh, was that I found I would spontaneously intermittent fast upwards of 18 to 24 hours between meals and didn't even think about it. And I think that's a, such a foreign concept, again, because we've been taught eat every few hours. And I, I think we've become such a feasting society mm -hmm. that we forgot about the ancient art of fasting. That's wonderful. I love it. You know, in the Fed and Fit Project, I actually recommend no snacking um, for yes. a lot of the same the same logical reasons, the background information you're talking about here, because I really do believe our bodies are meant to have a break in between yep. meals. Absolutely. Well, more power to you. That's wonderful. That's a question I get a lot because intermittent fasting is, you know, it's a wildfire right now and people are really, really intrigued by it. Now, yep. I, I, in and we'll get to alternate day in just a second, but I, in the book, you do a really thorough job of describing who fasting is for and who it is not for. Now, there, yep. are, there are some listeners who I know are trying to build body mass, build muscle mass. Um, mm -hmm. Would you say that fasting is right for somebody like that? Because there's some folks who I know they can identify themselves as maybe not metabolically broken, but they know that something they could stand to make some changes to heal themselves in certain ways. But if someone's really looking to build, is intermittent fasting a good solution? Oh, like I said earlier, the bodybuilders, they've been using this for years. They know the power of intermittent fasting and ketogenic diets specifically for building muscle. And, and what's interesting, you know, you often hear them say, well, you can't both burn body fat and build muscle at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is an, a very effective strategy for that. But you asked who can't fast, and I want to make this very clear. If you are a child under 18, do not fast. You're still growing. You, you don't need to be fasting, and this could inhibit some of that if you do fast under 18. Uh, number two, obviously, anybody that's underweight, because when you go on a fast, you're going to lose weight. Surprise, surprise, you're going to lose weight. And so if you're underweight, um, you know, if you're a 23-year-old 90-pounder, don't fast. It's no, it's no. And then the last one is if you're pregnant. Again, obviously, if you're pregnant, you're trying to nourish that little one that's inside of you, and it's just not an appropriate time to fast. Other than those three categories of people I just described, Basically, anyone could apply some principle of fasting into their life, be it intermittent fast, alternate day fast, or some of these extended fasts. Fascinating. Man, really cool stuff. This makes, honestly, you know, I don't know about the listeners, but it makes me want to look into one. Um, that's fabulous. So can you tell us a little bit more about your partnership with Dr. Fung? Um, where is his practice and, and how did you guys team up to really write this book together? Oh, this is a fun story, Cassie, because I had never heard of him before, and I was invited to come speak at a big low-carb uh, conference that took place in South Africa in early 2015, and Jason Fung was one of the speakers as well. So we shared a stage together, and I'm sitting there watching him give his talk all about fasting, and of course, I'd been on and off uh, 
intrigued about fasting over the years. I definitely do a whole chapter about the F word, as I call it in the book. <laughs> uh, and, and so he gives this talk about fasting and I'm going, wow, that is very fascinating. Sorry, that was a pun. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I went up to him afterwards and I said, you know, hey, this is incredible information. Uh, he's a nephrologist in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And so I said, you know, are there any good resources for learning how to, uh, to fast and do it well? No, not really. Other than the bodybuilders, um, Brad Pilon, eat, stop, eat's a pretty good one. He said, and, and I had read that one and actually had him on my pod, my podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and other than that, he said, no, not really anything. And so I said, well, why don't we write one together? Uh, so I said, you know, if I'm going to write a book with this man who has put over a thousand patients on some kind of fasting protocol, maybe I should try some of these longer ones for myself. So, um, so we collaborated, uh, started to write the book and I started doing my, my longer fast. And last September, September of 2015, I actually did a 17 and a half day in a row fast with bone broth, water and kombucha. And that was kind of my protocol mm -hmm. um, and only made it 17 and a half days. My goal was 21, just like it is right now with what I'm doing right now. Um, but 17 and a half days and it was foiled by stress. Mm. And so when stress hit and this is a big point, I want people to know there are factors that will increase your blood glucose even during a fast. There are factors that will make you actually gain weight during a fast. I gained three pounds in the last couple of days of that 17 and a half day fast because of the stress. And so the stress response, don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to end it before the 21 days because I was starting to get the hunger signals coming on really strong again because of the stress. But Dr. Fung was kind of educating me all along the way. Oh yeah, I could have told you that that was going to happen. And I said, we need this book out there sooner than later. So I'm <laughs> glad it's finally out there as a resource right as I'm learning and, and getting pretty good at this fasting thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Isn't that funny? Well, it falls into your hands right when you need it. There you go. That's fabulous, Jimmy. Well, thank you so much. This has been so educational, and I'm I'm sure that it's resonated with a lot of listeners here. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we tie the show up? Yeah, I just think if if you're listening to this and you go, man, oh man, that all sounds interesting, but I could never go without <laughs> food. Let me give you a practical progression of fasting. So if you've never even thought about fasting before, do it this way. Start off by eating a nutrient-dense, paleo-style diet, if you're not already doing that. Most of you listening to Cassie probably are. Then from there, maybe try upping your fat and lowering your carbs a little bit because you want to start letting your body get used to running on fat for fuel. Then once you get there, you'll probably get to this next step spontaneously. Try cutting out all of your snacks. Of course, if you're listening to Cassie, you've probably already done that. And <laughs> if you haven't, do it. <laughs> and then cut out one meal a day. And then from there, try to eat within a four to eight hour window. And then once you've mastered that, then go to alternate day fasting, which we didn't talk about. But basically, it's eat Monday don't eat Tuesday, eat Wednesday, don't eat Thursday. It turns out to be about a 36-hour fast when you do it that way. And then once you nail alternate day fasting, then try uh, an extended fast. Don't just go 48 hours because day two is the sucky day. You get past day two and it's nirvana after that. So definitely try to do at least three days if you're going to do an extended fast. And then if you nail that and you feel like you need to go longer to keep getting the results that you're looking for, try a week. Once you get a week, 
then try a little bit longer. But most people, Cassie, will probably get most of the benefits of fasting long before these extended fasts. The extended fasts are for the truly broken, metabolically ill people, mm-hmm. people that used to weigh 410 pounds in their life. So <laughs> give me more. So, um, so you may not need to go that long to get all these benefits that we're talking about. Wow, that's wonderful. Awesome information. I'm so you I'm so glad that you guys got to hear it directly from Jimmy. He's a wealth of information and he really does his research. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Cassie. Oh my goodness, it's been such a pleasure. Remember that you can find Jimmy online at www.liveandlevitalowcarb.com. I'm sure he's got links to all of his podcasts on his website. Yep. Um, but you can find those there. And then you can also grab the book, the beautiful book sitting in front of me, The Complete Guide to Fasting, Heal Your Body Through Intermittent, Alternate Day, and Extended Fasting, co-authored with Dr. Jason Fung. Thank you again so much for joining me today. And I will provide links to all of this on the website. So you can go ahead and go straight to fedandfit.com and click to grab the book and click to go to his website. And if you missed something or if you want to reread something that we talked about today, remember you can pull up the full transcript for today's show. Uh, and and get the information that way. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back again next week.